0: Hello and welcome to Minute 29 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Tom. And I'm Rob. Joining us again this week from Stinker Madness is Justin.
1: I'm Justin.
0: Oh, good. Now we don't have to deal with your internal crises. Glad to get that out of the way early. (laughs) Today we are talking about Minute 29 29 starts with Bartlett being told he will be shot and it ends with Bartlett walking through the gates of the prison camp. So, we finally get the end of you know him being informed what will happen next time. They're just going to cut all of the torture stuff and just put a bullet in his brain. Which seems You know, depending on what we imagine he went through the past three weeks, sounds like it might be a better option.
2: Three months, three months. Three months.
0: Sounds like it might be a slightly better option.
2: (laughs) Well, it depends on how much you actually want to live. And my assumption is that, you know, if he made it through those three months, he definitely does want to live and find a way to escape.
1: This is the threat that I was waiting for. Uh, versus all the other previous namby-pamby threats like oh well, you don't want to do that again or or there's gonna be consequences this guy just says I'll shoot you I'll shoot you dead okay I, I don't like that I
2: no he doesn't say I'll shoot you he says you will be shot yeah, you
1: but <laughs> I'm uh, not gonna get my
2: I'm not gonna get dirty here I'm not exactly. someone else get, dirty. Then have to- get their hands dirty if I wanted to get my hands dirty, like we said the other day, I would have shot you on the way and buried you, buried you in the forest.
0: If I shoot you, then I have to clean my gun, and I just don't have time for that in my life. I'll make someone else do it.
1: The paperwork! There's
2: no paperwork, if you don't know.
0: Oh, no. If it's it's if the third right. There's always paperwork. Yeah, <laughs> no, obviously. Uh, you also just see the comment out, utter contempt here in this minute, so yeah, everyone's packing up to leave the SS members of the Gestapo, give the Hal Hitler, and then you see the commandant's like, hold on, let me finish this paperwork oh, you're still here fine, and he just gives a little half-hearted salute to them, which plays on yesterday just the Mentality differences between the three groups here,
2: right? But you also see that that uh, his his the way that he responds, he responds slowly and with with somewhat with dis- disdain as he's saying it. He like continues stamping the file, <laughs> and then he just like picks up his hand and goes, "Eh, Heil Hitler," you know, like right. and but the look that that the gives him after he does that. He basically gives him a look saying that, you know what, I'm not going to shoot Bartlett. I think I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, there was a very similar scene to this in uh, Jojo Rabbit uh, uh, from a couple years back that it was the, you know, like there's the there's the worker guys that have been in the military the entire time. They're they're uh, men of, uh, of the uniform, as it were, as opposed to men of the ideolo- ideology of of whoever's in charge of the government they're there to do a job uh and all this other crap they don't they're not really part of and that's that was how i interpreted the commandant's response like like the the gestapo guys are very firm and like yes this is our that's our guy and then he's like do. oh right yeah yeah whatever okay I'll, yep go okay got things to do piss off
2: right well when you when you mentioned jojo so i have to mention the whole highly hitler scene you know, <laughs> that's just fabulous. That, that's that's the I mean, I can't say that I love the movie, but that scene cracks me up every single time because they just show the complete absurdity mm-hmm. of the whole idea of the Heil Hitler. You know, it's like when you walk somewhere, walk in somewhere and you say hi to everyone. Forget about the Heil Hitler. OK, just look at it in our, our normal lives. You walk into an office and you go hi, 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 hi to everyone. And then everyone says hi back to you. And then you walk into the next room, and you do the same thing over and over. And it's just, it shows the complete absurdity of of what they did there. I mean, I think, I think spies like us did, did something similar, yeah. you know, where with all the doctors. Doctor, doctor, yeah. doctor, doctor. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Except for these guys, if you don't say that, uh, you get uh, shot, and potentially your family gets murdered, too. So um, there's a little bit higher stakes than to just being polite when you don't say Heil Hitler.
2: True, but, you know, when you're a doctor in the middle of Afghanistan,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, 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 doctor. And you see this, he just, he takes his sweet time, he's letting them leave the room, and then he's like, oh, by the way, you guys going to take, which I have to assume is some sort of, I've received the prisoner receipt, you can go file this away. But just uh, let's see how far I can get them to go before I call them back and remind them they need this thing. Which you know that fine line between do I let them get all the way to their cars and leave before I do anything, but then they have to come back and I'll have to deal with them again.
2: Right, because you can't you can't scan it and send it to them by email or fax it to them. You know, it's a little more complicated back in 1948. 3 i think this was 43 44 43 I'm trying to remember 43 43 um yeah no the, the, but but again that that the irony is is that he's he's actually stamping their receipt when they ask for the Heil Hitler, that he doesn't give them right away you know well, we don't we don't know that that's what he's doing but but you know he's he's just stamping it and then he you know uh, I think he signs it, stamps it, and then uh, you know calls calls uh, prison back to to give it to him. And I love the way that the prison actually snaps his briefcase back and forth. He does it in such a fluid motion. Well, before we get uh, to
0: him snapping his briefcase, though, prison strikes me as very methodical and you know clean. He crumples that piece of paper, shoving it into his briefcase, doesn't
2: he? <laughs> well, come on, he doesn't need the receipt anyway but that is a good point. <laughs> um, I guess I guess uh, you can even find a way to break that Gestapo, and that's what he does here.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that I think the movie times this, just to go back to you know this whole scene, basically, it times this so perfectly with uh, the commandant doing his job. He is specifically, yes, he's stamping the receipt. It's a small job, but he's focused on doing his job. Whereas the other guys are focused on the demagoguery of of their own, you know, the Reich itself, this this false uh, idol that they've created in Hitler. Uh, they're more there to worship the ideology of what they're trying to accomplish than actually doing the job of winning the war.
2: Well, that's not their job. <laughs>
1: You know what I mean. Of,
2: everyone, everyone has their own job. No, I'm saying that that's their personality. They're saying that we have our job and they have their job, and we're just going to do what we need to do, and they're going to do what they need to do.
1: It, it, the, their demagoguery gets in the way of the task that that uh, the commandants there to accomplish. I guess is is where I'm I'm getting it. it. That maybe the movie is saying a little bit that if the Nazis hadn't been Nazis, maybe they would have been better at being Nazis. <laughs> okay, I might be overthinking it.
2: Okay, that, that's an interesting way to, to look at it. <laughs> they
1: have won the damn war if they weren't such idiots. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Too much paperwork. Well, right. they they, docu- they documented everything. How, how do you think we know approximately how many people they killed? Because they documented it, right? You know, which which is a little retentive. It gives everyone a little bit more of an idea of of the uh, grandiose plan of what they had. I mean, you know, the fact that, that millions and millions of people of, of different races and creeds were killed by them, and they, they kept records of everything. <laughs> I, I know most people, you know, if you if you were to think about, uh, you know, killing people, you're like, yeah, I'm killing them. What's the difference? Why do I need to keep records of it? But they were so methodical in the whole thing. And, and I guess, as you said, that that was somewhat their downfall, because they were methodical in one ways, but stupid
1: in others. Right, that like the the demagoguery is the thing that I'm saying is stupid. Right, they had yeah, make, yeah, of course. Made Hitler some sort of de- you know god. Maybe they would have done better. You know, and maybe that's what the film is trying to show us here in this scene.
2: Could be, could be. I I actually like the fact also that that uh, you know they, they use the the normal cliche of where you see with Prisen and also with the uh, with Dietrich. You know, the SS officer there, that the, the two of them have one glove on and the other glove they're holding. You know, they're like slapping their glove against their, their hand. So when they when they get up to leave you can see that both of them do that. You know, right before they get the receipt. Or oh, sorry, after he gets the receipt. You can you can see that the one gloved hand. I, I guess it's the Michael Jackson look.
1: <laughs> <laughs> different
2: color different color gloves, but still <laughs> they they need a little more glitter. To, to, to show that. Cause, cause I think Kuhn doesn't have any gloves on, if I remember correctly. Actually, they don't even show his hands here. Uh, nope, no gloves. He's just holding his hat. The other, there you go. Dietrich has his hat on. Uh, Prizen doesn't have a hat at all. And, uh, Kuhn is actually holding his hat. I guess you can call them the Three Stooges, right?
0: <laughs> uh, well, and I That's think... A... Go ahead, Justin. Oh, I was just saying that's an insult to the Three Stooges. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
2: especially, well, actually, especially
1: since the three of them were Jews. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh.
2: But being a Jew myself, I can
0: say that, I guess.
1: <laughs> okay, it's your word, not ours.
0: <laughs> exactly. So something that I think this minute conveys that, you know, we've been joking about, the la- you know, the last three months that Bartlett spent with the Gestapo and what did they actually do to him because it sounds, you know, yeah, we'll take your Wi-Fi away. But when the door shuts, you know, and he's left in there with the commandant, we get this shot of Bartlett and you just see the look in his eyes and him taking that deep breath of what is this place? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he's been at POW camps before, but this is a new one with a new commandant. You know, it looks like, uh, okay, I'm slightly relieved that these guys left.
2: I don't think he's but, slightly relieved. I think he's extremely relieved.
0: Well, you but, he, see I the don't, but in that scene, you know, because this is before the commandant has him unlocked, you get that look of, okay, the guys I know just left. I am now mm-hmm. left with this unknown who's... Oh, so you know a German? Is this is my life about to get better or worse?
2: I, I think I think he thinks that it's going to get better because a he knows he's been in prisons before, so he knows how the Luftwaffe deal with their prisoners as opposed to the Gestapo, and b he just saw everything that just happened between these characters. You know, he saw the way that 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 uh, Van Luger says, "Hail Hitler." He saw the way. That, that you know that he responds to the Gestapo so I I think that 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 he's relieved because he knows he's in a better place what, what do you think Justin
1: oh I, I I before you said exactly what you just said I was going to note that my specific note is Bartlett is either scared or relieved but I think as you just said Rob I think that makes perfect sense um, it may be uh, I maybe mistake of my perception or maybe the character, or the actor was too vague in that expression because I couldn't tell if he was scared or relieved. And I, and at first I was with Tom, like the devil, you know, or the devil, you don't. Um, but I think you're absolutely right, Rob. If he sees he's savvy enough and has been around enough that when he sees that we Kyle Hitler, he's like, Oh, thank God.
2: Exactly. He's, he's been to Georgia for three months. Now he's here. And, uh, I mean, he's, he doesn't know who's in the camp with him uh the question is whether he overheard things or not i mean again we know that bartlett is really bright everything i've read about roger Bouchel, the, the the real real char- the real person that this character is based on um he was extremely smart methodological, methodical
1: methodical
2: methodical <laughs> however that's pronounced <laughs> that's <Methodical, laughs>
1: met- beautiful being
2: there you go um and he was he was just brilliant and obviously he was able to think of all these ideas of how to how to try to escape. Uh so he's he's taking in everything around him. I'm sure he was listening in on the conversations in the car the whole way over. Um, you know, they they, they probably had a, a good few hours in that car together. Uh we we've all been in situations where we're in a car with, with people who sometimes are, say things that they shouldn't be saying because they, they don't they don't pay attention to the fact that you're there. I, I remember uh, probably about six or seven years ago, I, I was in the backseat of a, a car with uh, two very higher-up people in in, uh, in the company I work for, and I was keeping to myself the, whole, the entire time. I was in the car, I think, two, three hours with them. I was keeping to myself, uh, playing with my laptop the whole time or whatever, and at one point, one of them says to the other, and and I'm I'm obviously listening to everything they're saying and at one point one says to the other, You do know that someone else is in the car and the other one says, Ah, oh, he's not paying any attention And that was fine. <laughs> you know, sorry, I, I actually learned a lot uh listening to that to that conversation. So my assumption is is that, that that Bartlett did the same. You know, whenever he could and I'm assuming most of these prisoners did. Whenever they could they, they gathered as much information as they could. McDonald's intelligence, but uh, everyone knows how to 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 gather as much information as possible as things move along so so i I think Roger knew who he was with in the get with the with uh with Kuhn and uh Price, uh Price in, and I think he he quickly was able to grasp who von Luger is just in that short few, uh, minute and a half you know that he's in the office with him
0: no that makes sense yeah and when you put it that way, I started rethinking and going, oh, okay, it's a sigh of relief. I just, in watching yeah, it, yeah, just didn't cross my mind that it would, could be something else. And because you also see when he walks into the camp at the end of this minute, he comes into the camp, stops, and then he just, he sets his bag down and he's got this smirk on his face. And so, yeah, he's like, I don't know why I was about to try to reenact it on an audio format. (laughs) (laughs) It looked great. It looked great though. Yeah. You know, but so you just get these two, you know, within 20 seconds, 30 seconds of each other, you get these two, you know, just emotional shots of him. The, okay, let's move on. And then the, okay, I'm inside. I know this know well, let's build my next plan of attack for escape is oh so why are someone smirking when they're walking into a prison camp seems backwards to me but
2: no but based on what we know of of the the character and obviously of the the, the real person that is based on he was he was happy to be back in familiar uh territory with familiar faces he he sees the group of of you know of of the ex-organization right in front of him So that's why he smirks, because he he knows at this moment that uh, the German hierarchy and von Luger made a big mistake by putting them all together, and that's why he smirks. But I actually just wanted to mention something else. When he was still in the office, one of the things that that in order for him to understand more about von Luger is he also sees all the he sees the pictures on the wall. So that that again tells him, you know, this is a career army, a career air force officer. This is someone who was who was. Around before Hitler, this is someone who you know f- uh, flew in World War One, so he 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 gets an idea of his surroundings really well, just from that. And then I I love the way that you know you you can also see the the contrast between von Luger handing over the keys to Posen as as opposed to the way that 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 Presler gave gave him the keys uh, yesterday. You know where he just dropped them on the desk yesterday, but here he's actually taking them, and oh, actually it was yesterday, two days ago. Sorry, this was on Tuesday that we mentioned it. Time is a circle. The, don't worry, that's fine. I to realize that. Basically, uh, he hands it hands it over in a somewhat gentle fashion, which which also says so much about his personality with the way that he did it. You know, he and he doesn't even mention, he doesn't even say to him what he needs to do. He just gives it, gives him the keys. And Posen goes over and takes off the the cuffs, which again shows his the way that 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 he treats his prisoners, you know, in a somewhat more humane manner. You know, he he just wants to do his job. You know, sit out the war in silence, or uh, and once again, as <laughs> I like I like looking at the fact that that Posen is also holding his gloves. What the hell is that whole idea of everyone closing holding their gloves? Because Posen comes and sees uh, Streitwitz. And Straitwoods has both of his gloves on. And I I, I think we're going to – I think next week we might have a a guest who can actually – maybe he he knows a little bit more about the the German military policy. We'll have to try to remember to ask him if he knows the whole idea of why these guys all walked around holding their gloves. I mean, do either of you know someone who walks around holding their gloves? (laughs) No. You either have gloves – you have gloves on because it's cold. Mm-hmm. Or you have them in your pocket, <laughs> or you leave them in a the car, or you leave them in a the closet. You know, you don't walk around holding them. You leave uh, them in so,
1: a Bronco and uh, hope that nobody finds them. <laughs> yeah, but that,
2: but that's as long as they they don't fit. Right, you know, right. If of course.
1: if if they don't fit,
2: you must acquit.
0: <laughs> I'm from Minnesota. It gets cold here. I have gloves in all sorts of weird places. I don't just carry them though. They just. Go to one weird place to another, or stay in my coat pockets.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then a few weeks ago, we were discussing the whole idea of saluting. So it's also interesting to see here when that Posen actually Stratwitz salutes Posen, and Posen salutes him back when they're getting into the compound. Which again, the whole idea of, of, of multiple salutes saluting all the time, uh, you know, is, is somewhat humorous. You know, it goes back to the what we were talking about, the Jojo Rabbit uh, highlight Hitler's <laughs> you, know, you got the salute, 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 doctor, doctor, doctor,
0: doctor. Well, do either of you have anything else you want to touch on for this minute?
1: Nope, I think I'm good. I just want to foreshadow that, uh, that these... We're done with the uh, Gestapo and the SS for a little bit, but these guys do come back into play in Bartlett's life. And the very first person that we'll talk about tomorrow also is uh, at that uh, at that particular point in the scene. So I think there there's an interesting chain of events that happen in this scene that also come back late, much later in the movie.
2: Don't spoil things,
0: Justin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil. Don't spoil them sixty year old
0: movie for people who are listening about it one minute at a time
1: because I'm mostly not spoiling tomorrow's episode what I'm getting at. Uh, (laughs) The podcast.
0: Well Justin, you wanna plug anything?
1: Sure. Uh you can always find me stinkermadness.com or email me talk at stinkermadness.com and of course subscribe to us if you like bad movies that you want to learn more about and have uh, kind of a critical analysis on uh, those, just not uh, quite the, the same extensiveness as uh, this podcast.
2: And not about the greatest kid.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: while you're looking for his podcast, go ahead and rate and review, rate ours and subscribe to ours on whatever podcatcher you use. If you want to send us an email, we're thegreatminute at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, The Cooler. You can check out our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at GreatEscapeMXM. Have a good Thursday. We'll talk to you guys all tomorrow. Tally-ho. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.